So I went to use the bathroom and I heard this clink and I'm like, oh, that's really weird. So I get up, to, get up and I left and I went to open my car door and I'm like, oh shit, I, my keys just dropped. So I literally ran back. There was a woman about to use the bathroom. And I'm like, don't use the bathroom. My keys are in there. And so my cousin's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Because we had no cell phone service. So um, I was like, stand at this bathroom door and don't let anybody in. And so I went out and I was talking to some people who were coming in the park. I'm like, can you please tell the rangers when you get to the park that I dropped my keys in the toilet and I need somebody to come out and help me? And they looked at me and just walked away. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? What's wrong with this crazy girl? <laughs> right? No, I think like, what's wrong with them? Like, I need help. Like, if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, yes. I know. I, will go I would tell run. The park I would run right there. Like, go and talk to them. Yes. Yeah, because it was literally ten miles to the to the entrance of the park. So there's no way we're walking it in a hundred degree heat in the summer. And so. <clears throat> Thank you, Ship Talkers, for tuning in and spending your valuable time with us. We appreciate you. To connect with us more, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter and catch all the Ship Talking vibes before anybody else. You can subscribe to our newsletter through our website, www.talkshitwp.com, and or our merchandise website, www.talkshitwp.shop. And while you're there, feel free to shop away. <laughs> Talkshit with P is available on all social media platforms with the handle Talkshit with P. Follow us and engage with us. Better yet, if you're feeling generous, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and all rate us on Spotify. You can also share a beer with me where my beer lovers at. I mean, what better way to support the movement than sharing a beer with me by buying me a beer at buymecoffee.com. Thank you for listening, sharing, engaging, and support in any way that you do. Remember, new episodes are out every Wednesday and for part two, if any, on Fridays. Let's talk and all listen to some shit. Happy shit talking. Shit talkers. I have incredible guest with me today this beautiful human i got to meet finally face to face at port fest in january and when i tell you she became my buddy like literally we were dragging each other through rooms at port fest and dancing with that don't you, you can never match her energy on the dance floor that's for sure because i even left the dance floor but liquidy welcome to talk share with me thank you paula i am like so stoked to be here today i'm like super excited to be on your show and 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 it's great because on my show i can't, i don't swear i keep it clean so i can swear on your show and how much fun is that hell God yeah hell yeah bring it on Bring it on. <laughs> Even though anytime my father listens to it, it's like, Paula, can you clean up your language a little bit? I'm like, I wish I could because it's not like I plan it. Shit just happens. That's why the podcast is called Talk Shit, literally. <laughs> but before we get into anything and everything, you just presented, was it yesterday? Yesterday at PodFest. How was that for you? Uh, it actually went way better than I was expecting. So I had 65 people RSVP and then apparently like over a hundred people showed up for the talk. And I did my talk on, thank you. I did my talk on, um, uh, what did I do my talk on? Show notes. 
Thank you. How to get the most SEO from your show notes. I do lots of different talks and different subjects and different podcast um, events. And so I was like, which one was it this time? Yes, it was how to get the most let SEO me just from your say, show notes. Let me just say, this girl didn't even know she was, she was going to be... Um, presenting i was having a call with a discovery call about my book and i'm like oh my god i just saw the email today that you're presenting and she's like wait what i'm like yeah you're presenting i was like oh i didn't know that thanks paula for the info yeah i mean i would eventually have found out i just don't check my podcast email every day but i'm really glad that you gave me the heads up because then i'm like oh i need to probably make my presentation that would be a good idea yeah, because that was funny because I received that email the same day me and you had a call. So I was like, oh my God, I saw your name and I was like, I'm going to be like, yeah, you go, girl. I was going to be congratulating you. I didn't know I was giving you the news. So <laughs> either way, um, I enjoyed your your talk. The, the comment section were lit. People were blown out. Like it was amazing presentation. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was really surprised. Like at the end of it, it was over a hundred comments. I was like, whoa, like I was just like blown away by how much people really enjoyed the presentation. That was, it was really, really like, it like, it just, it just warmed my heart. I loved it. (laughs) And I was working. So I'm just glad it's been a slow week. So any few minutes I'm like listening, then I miss stuff. And every time I look at the chat, I'm like, wait, what was going on? So I'm scrolling back to catch up on the chat to try to catch up. It's just been a crazy week. But um, that, that's what we love about PodFest. It literally makes you not want to miss anything, literally. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, PodFest is the most amazing podcast festival ever. I tell people, if you're going to go to one in a year, go to PodFest. We just actually wrapped up the, the gratitude ceremony. And um, that's one thing I love and hate at the same time. Because you know, you get to hear what everybody's, um, their gratitude, what they're grateful for, what they learned. And just, you know, it, it, it's a nice moment. But then it's also a, a reminder that this shit is over. You know, you're not going to see these people for, for a while now. Like, there's no more waking up every day, seeing those faces. And whether it's virtually or in person, it's just like, you, you get to spend a whole week together, like family being around each other. And now you're like, I'm going back home to my to my little space by myself. No more people. I know. I'm the only creative in my house. Well, actually, I lie. My daughter is a she's an artist and she's an amazing creative, but I'm the only one who does it like I like monetarily. And so yeah, I go back home and I'm a completely different space than my partner or my daughter. And so yeah, I would love to like live in a really big house with a lot of other podcasters. I don't think I'd ever sleep. I think I would just stay awake all the time and just chat with everybody and talk shit. I swear, I swear. That's a at least, but at least you have people you're going home to and pets. And when when you're like me, where you're going to a quiet place, like to your own space, you live alone. There's no pets. There's no nothing. So you're like looking at the world, like you know. I was around people right now this time yesterday. So many people around me. So many. <laughs> And now I'm in like a corner by myself. Even if yeah. I go back to my hotel room, I had roommates, but yeah, I'm I'm already looking forward to next year's one. But we can talk about podcast forever and ever. Let's get to the whole point of why you are here today. We are gonna be talking about travel gluten free. And if everybody can if people are seeing a background, that's a book. I had a copy. She gave it to me on PodFest and she signed it. And it got lost in my water, in my fire. But 
I'll have to send you another one. Don't send me. You you show up with it when you come to Atlanta. Okay, I will bring it with you. I will hand deliver it to you in Atlanta. Signed again. Yes, but the funny the funny thing is, uh, when I was in Florida before I left, I kind of made a video promo of my uh, my branding because remember I was wearing everything of mine. So I was like, okay, before I change for the airport, let me create a video of my bag, my hat, and because I had a book bookmark of talk show with him. So I put it on your book. So when I was shooting, I took out your book. I shared the cover and the bookmark. So I have the video. I have to post it one day. But your your book is part of my my shoot. So awesome, <laughs> love it. I was like, yes, we're not gonna use this book. We're gonna use Eliquette's uh, liquid lips book. But anyway, so um, what for people who don't know? Because you know, literally, I had I, I and I probably shouldn't say this out loud. But I, I pride in being authentic, so I'm going to go with it. And if people are going to roast me later on, that is perfectly fine. But for, before we get into the discussion of traveling good and fee, what is, what does it mean to be gluten free? So, so for me, yeah, so for me and my daughter, we both have uh, celiac disease. And so um, for us, that means if we eat gluten, which is the protein that's found in wheat, barley, triticale, and a few other um, grains, um, that, that our autoimmune system attacks our small intestine. So, um, and basically when I get even a tiny, like even cross contaminated, which means like if I'm at a restaurant and somebody takes a knife and cuts regular bread and then cuts my gluten-free bread, I will literally within 15 minutes, I'll start to feel sick. And then, um, for the next eight hours, I have a cross between the food poisoning and the flu where I am throwing up and having diarrhea at the same time for, for eight hours to start. That's just the start. So I tell people it's like a cross between the food poisoning and the flu. And I usually don't get that descriptive, but since we're on your talk shit with P Paula, I'm getting a little more into the, into the, into the weeds here. Um, and so literally like you can get so sick. It can ruin like I, and once I get that sick, it takes me two to three weeks to recover. And I've only gotten that sick once on vacation. And it was this past November because um, the airplane food they gave me, which I ordered a gluten-free meal, had gluten in it. And the first eight hours of my vacation, I was throwing up in my cabin. (laughs) So it is not fun when you're sick on vacation. That's like the last place anybody wants to get sick. And I do travel. I mean, I I, want to get sick when I'm coming back from vacation, but not when I'm going to vacation. No. Right. Or not when you're on vacation. Yes. Yeah. And so, and so, um, when I first, um, so when I first found out eight years ago, I was gluten free, I was driving the Pacific coast highway, which if you don't know what that is, it's a, it's highway one, which covers the whole West coast, California, Oregon, and Washington. Um, for, um, and I was by myself and I just found out I couldn't eat gluten. And it was like the first, I think it was like the fifth day. Cause I remember sitting in my car in California at a gas station and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if I get sick, I'm by myself. Like, wh- like, what am I going to do? And I thought, okay, someone's got to have information out there about how to travel gluten-free. And so when I got home from my road trip, I Googled it up. Like nobody had any information which told you like how to do a road trip or how to pack your bags or what you need to bring. Everybody was more like, oh, here's 50 restaurants in Chicago. I'm like, but if I'm not going to Chicago, that doesn't help me. Like what the hell? So, so um, I was talking to one of my friends and I told him about my idea for travel gluten-free. He's like, oh my God, you need to turn that into a podcast. And so I am currently, there are 
now when I first started podcasting five years ago, there were only like four or five of us that were talking about gluten-free. Now there's about 15 podcasts that talk about gluten-free, but I am the only one that does traveling gluten-free in a podcast. There are other travel gluten-free influencers, but I'm the only one that does it in a podcast form. Nice. You're like the trendsetter. Now, literally, I like your intro introduction, but I'm kind of also like, damn, she like touched on my two, three questions that I have. So now I'm trying, you, you kind of messed up my whole workflow. But <laughs> Sorry, Paula. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like how, how, like, you know, some people drag the information. You went straight forward and, and, and it was, it was like, oh my God, she's touching my points right now. Like, literally, I love it. So, um, <laughs> sorry. so you said like in a restaurant, if they use a knife to cut it and they use it the same knife to cut something else that you get. So how do you communicate your dietary needs with restaurant staff or yeah, so what restaurants I- or like airport planes and all that? So what I do is, um, well, first when I, is like, with just with just. Um, we'll first start with restaurants. So when I'm looking for a restaurant, there is a great app. Um, it's called Find Me Gluten Free. And I had the app developer, Jason Elmer, on my podcast twice. And literally, you go on this app and you can type in a zip code or a city or it can just say search nearby. And it gives you a list of all the restaurants that people have eaten at and all the people on the app are gluten free. And so they rate the restaurant based on its safety and based on like how good it was. And so um, that's the first thing I do is I look on that app to see what's available. And then if I find there's uh, there's two basic types of restaurants. There's a dedicated gluten-free restaurant, which means there's nothing in that restaurant that has gluten. And those are my favorite types of restaurants because I can order on the menu like a normal person and I don't have to ask them a bunch of questions or make any requests. Um, and you, so, you know those annoying who be picking throughout the menu. So what does this have? <laughs> Well, then, and then, so then there's regular restaurants that aren't dedicated gluten-free. And so some of them have their gluten-free things marked. Some of them don't. Um, and so if it's a restaurant that is not dedicated gluten-free, I have to, if the, if the, if, even if it's labeled, I double check and ask them like, like this is, this is a gluten-free item and they'll say yes or no. I also tell them that um, my, uh, I have a gluten allergy, which isn't really, technically correct because allergies and autoimmune responses are different, but they under, they usually don't understand celiac disease or autoimmune. They, but they do understand allergies. So I tell them I have a gluten allergy and I'm not eating gluten-free because it's a preference because there are people that eat gluten-free as a preference because it's a, they consider it a fad diet and they think it's healthier, which eating gluten-free is actually not healthier because there's tons of cookies and cake and crap you can get. There's completely not healthy for you in gluten-free. So, um, so so I tell them it's for medical reasons. And then um, I ask them like, hey, can the chef change their gloves um, to avoid what we call cross-contamination in the gluten-free world? Um, and so because with gluten and having celiac disease, if you have um, over 20 parts per million, that means in a million little tiny pieces of something, if 20 of them have gluten, I'm going to get sick. So it's really small amount. Like it's a tiny amount of gluten that makes me sick. So I have to ask them these questions. And then when they bring me the food, I double check and they say, this is gluten-free, correct? Because I've gotten food and ordered it gluten-free. And then they bring it to me. Like somebody brought me bread and I said, this is gluten-free, correct? And he's like, yes. And I took a bite of it. And then somebody came back and they're like, and he goes, oh my God, that's not the gluten-free bread. (laughs) 
So I ended up getting sick from that. Um, but yeah, so I have to double check when they bring it. And then um, sometimes like when I look at it, if it doesn't look gluten-free, I'll wait and double check again because I can get so sick from it. But and And then the other thing is I really frequent restaurants that I know are safe that I've eaten at several times and they've never gotten sick. And I'm really fortunate because I live an hour south of Portland and Portland has 60 dedicated gluten-free places to eat, which is more than any other city. Yeah. So I'm like really lucky. Well, I mean, I moved here on purpose and it wasn't because of that reason. I found that out after I moved to uh, an hour South of Portland. So I live in McMinnville, but we have, um, I'm really fortunate that there's a lot of really good places to eat that are safe, that are really close by to me. Nice. But oh my God, that must be stressful when you are trying, like when you're planning a Late night with friends or just meeting up with people. You have to make sure that the places you are planning to go are. Yeah, gluten-free, yeah. Have you ever ended up in a restaurant where they didn't have gluten-free option or the options that they had were not like something you were in the mood to eat? So no, so when I'm going out like business networking or going out with friends or whatever, I tell them I'm, I have celiac disease and I can only eat at certain places. So they're like, tell me where you want to eat. So I just pick the place that I know is safe and then we eat there. But if it is a place where I'm just like stopping in with somebody and it's not a safe place to eat, I'll just get like an iced tea or something. Um, and so, and I don't get alcohol because I don't want to drink alcohol and not eat anything because that's I, never a good idea. Nope, 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 nope. So, never. so I just get or something that I know is safe because I don't want to jeopardize getting sick because when I get sick, I get really sick and it takes me forever to get better. So, um, and I, yeah, and I don't want to do that to my body. Yeah. yeah. But I'm so glad that you have supportive friends because some friends would have still been like, but I want to go here. Oh, I want to do this. So it's very oh. nice. <laughs> Girl, let me tell you a story. So one of my gluten-free podcast friends, her name is Coral Barajas, and she has a podcast called Gluten-Free You and Me. Her family, she goes to like family gatherings at the holidays and stuff. They eat hot dogs. They have hamburger buns. They don't make anything for her. They make no – and her and three of her four children have celiac disease. Her youngest daughter almost died from it because they didn't diagnose her like very quickly, like her younger daughter was three years old, her hair was falling out in clumps and everything. And her family makes no exceptions for the children even. And so she said, she doesn't doesn't even go over to eat at her family things anymore. She says they wait, she waits for everybody to finish eating. And then she goes over and does whatever activity, but then even then it's not safe because they've had gluten all over everything. And so her kids can't touch the countertops. They can't like, and so it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know why, if you are a fat, like a family member, why you wouldn't be considered of somebody. Exactly. Cause I I would understand a a friend, you know, but family, like, come on, man. And I, Oh, and another, yeah, I've heard some of my gluten-free influencer friends, um, like my one friend, um, oh my God, I'm Taylor Nakar Kihara. She is a gluten-free influencer, a beautiful girl. She's a model too. And she said, she's had friends chase her with regular cookies and say, eat the cookies and try to shove it in her mouth. And I'm like, okay, that's somebody who doesn't need to be your friend anymore. Cause clearly, yeah, that's not a friend. They want right? to come on now. I, I no. tell people, I'm like, if you get a diabetic, a Snickers bar, if you would, then you're a piece of shit because you're not considerate of that person's health. Like that's yeah. like giving a diabetic a Snickers bar is the same thing as feeding a person who has celiac disease gluten. It's just like people with anorexia and you're just shoving food on their face or telling them, you should just go eat. Like, come on, man. You know, that's really disrespectful. And yeah, 
And then the other thing I hear a lot from other people too is that um, their friends or family members will be like, oh, you can get over it. It's like, no, this is a genetic disease. This is not something you can like mind think your way out of, right? It's not like we're being hypochondriacs. Like I would clearly prefer to eat gluten because I'm Italian and French. And like it's genetically inbred in me to eat bread and pasta and pastries. So I would clearly rather eat regular bread, but I can't because it makes me horribly sick. (laughs) Oh my God, I feel sorry for you because in my other life, I should have been Italian because pasta is, is life. Oh no! I, I eat I eat plenty of pasta. I just you just see the yeah. yeah. Oh, does it taste different? Like I'm curious. I don't know if I've ever purposely. I know purposely. No, I don't know if by mistake I've eaten uh gluten free food. How does it taste? Does it taste different? It's like when 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 I find out people are eating these non meat burgers, and one mm. day somebody made me a burger. They didn't tell me it was non meat. And I tried it, and I was enjoying it, devouring it. And then after I finished, I was like, oh, did you know that's an anime? I was like, wait, what? She's like, yes, if I would have told you, you wouldn't have eaten it. But I needed to. I'm like, okay, it's cool. It's not something I would order because I still knowing in my head. But, you know, so how does yeah, gluten-free? So, no, I tell people, gluten-free uh, uh products are just like any other like wheat products, right? There's good brands and there's not so good brands. And then there's, you know, like some brands, like there's a bonza pasta, which is a chickpea pasta, which I absolutely love because a lot of the, a lot of the gluten-free pastas are made with rice fall apart really easy. And the texture's not that great, but the chickpea pasta, it holds together really well and the texture's good. And then I'm also not getting all the extra carbs that I don't need because the older I get, the more like, you know, the easier it is to gain weight. And so um, it's just like any other food brand, right? Like you have good brands and you have not so good brands and you have brands that are really good quality and brands that aren't in so good quality. So like you just, you find out like which ones taste good and which ones don't taste good. But it's like, it's like, it's like regular food, right? Good food is just good food. Just because it doesn't have wheat in it, it doesn't mean it tastes bad. It just means it's made with different grains. And like, honestly, there's like 15 or 16 different grains that have no gluten in them. There's actually more gluten-free grains than grains that have gluten. It's just that in America, we're so used to using wheat and other gluten grains that it, it, people think it's weird to be gluten-free, but there's actually more gluten-free grains than gluten grains. Hey, shit talkers. Are you ready to finally finish the book you started two years ago? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That one. The one that is still sitting in a Word document on your computer just like mine. <laughs> well, no more. None of that. Let me tell you, shit talkers, no one is going to get the job done more quickly like my girl, Eliquity. I'm finally, oh my God, getting my book done because of her. She's working with me to write my book and she can do the same with you. She can help you finally finish the book you started. Get your book finished before the end of the year. Publish the baby and add Arthur to your bio when you hire my girl Eliquity as your ghostwriter. Go to our website www.writeforyou.me and click on a discovery call button to grab a time on our calendar today. Yes, that is www.writeforyou.me. What are you waiting for? Let's get this author title added up to our bios. Do it now. Thank me later. So let me ask. 
Are the groceries more expensive when they are gluten-free? Yeah, they are, which is why the freezer is my friend. So I always get like, I get stuff and then like, cause I'm the only one who eats bread in my house that's gluten-free because my daughter doesn't eat a lot. She eats bread every once in a while, but I'm like the big bread eater. So I'll take my bread and I'll like wrap it up in half and put half in the freezer and then put half in the fridge and then just take it out as I need it. So yes, it is more expensive. So you get to learn how to like freeze food, what you can freeze, what you can't freeze. And then, um, I, you know, putting it in the fridge as I need it and just being really, and being more careful with my food. And then because because like Americans generally overeat and we put too much on our plate. So eating less is always better for you. It's better for your digestion. It's better for weight control and all that stuff. So I've learned how to eat less and I'm not hungry. And so, um, so yeah. How do, so, you, how, how do you eat less and not get angry? Anytime I eat less, I get more hungrier. And then when I have more food, I eat less. Well, because I started doing intermittent fasting, which is when like, you don't eat for a period of time. And the weird thing about it is, is that the longer you intermittent fast, the the less you eat, the less hungry you get because your, your blood sugar levels what? out. And so then your brain doesn't think it's hungry. And the more sugar you eat, the more hungry you get. And the more carbohydrates you eat, the more it triggers your brain to say, oh, I'm still hungry. And so the less carbohydrates you eat, the less and sugar is like the worst thing for you. Like if you can get off sugar, I I've tried getting off sugar like five times already and, and it works. And, and, and if you get off sugar, you're not hungry. <laughs> I never drink soda. Soda makes me so sick anymore from the sugar. Oh my God. I haven't had soda in two days. I literally had to get out of my bed today to go to the store and buy Coke. Cause I was like, I can't even eat. I need to get my Coke first. Like I am a sugar Sugarholic. <laughs> Anytime I went home during the holidays and I visited home, my dad would get so mad at how much soda I was drinking. And I'd even like, it would be the first thing I drink in the morning. Like, it's like, what is wrong with you? And I have even Red Bull. I can't drink sugar-free Red Bull. I tried and I puked. I was like, what the hell is this? It's nasty. I'm sorry. Um, I don't I do not any of the artificial sweeteners because those are so bad for you. Yeah. And and um, aspartame tell, gives me migraines anyway. So I just stay away from it. Tell that to Rari with his, with his oh, he, he drinks that energy drink constantly. Oh, yeah, that's no. so not good for you. You know about it, kidney it, stones, right? Like energy drinks, if you drink them all the time, they'll give you kidney stones. And that is not something a man wants to pee out of his penis. Like rocks peeing out of your penis, no fun at all. He he had an all cooler when I visited him a podcast in his room before his lunch and run. He had an all cooler filled with them in ice. Was like you want one? I was like yes. Anytime I wanted one, I'll just find Rari. He had his all and he had a big ass cooler. I swear. <laughs> and anytime, every time you see his videos or something, you see yeah he drinks Monster. Even everybody was like Monster should start. Um, sponsoring you at this point because he has all his pictures is holding them and sometimes you see in his desk he has like three four cans over there already opened and I'm like okay that's how I feel about my Budweiser social media they get sponsored (laughs) I I told him that's how I feel about my Budweiser so (laughs) all right liquid um oh my god do you want to talk about gluten-free beer Oh my God, yes, please. How is good? Okay, cool. 
Yeah. So normal beer, normal, we call it normal beer in the gluten-free world, okay, is made with, usually made with barley and barley is a gluten grain. So we can't drink that. And so there's two different types of gluten-free beer. One is that it's gluten reduced, which means it's regular beer and they put an enzyme in it. And what enzymes do is break down proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. So if you're celiac, you can't drink gluten reduced beer because it still has enough gluten in it to make you sick. But if you have like a gluten intolerance, then you can drink gluten-free beer. But there's actually a brewery right here in the town where I live in that's like five minutes from my house. And it's called Beerly's Brewing. And they brew, he makes all his beer from gluten-free grains like um, like hops, millet, um, quinoa, buckwheat. And it's really, it's actually funny. I never liked beer until I drank gluten-free beer and now I like beer. <laughs> but yeah, it has to be made completely from, and there's like a lot of hard ciders that are gluten-free. And so there's actually a lot of alcohol choices that are gluten-free that are safe for celiac people. I'm not big fans of ciders as much, but oh my God, when you come to Atlanta, you're going to be doing... Oh, the, 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 you, you need to find me, a, find us a brewery that's, that's, that's gluten-free. So yes, I can go and I try this. I will definitely do that. <laughs> Speaking definitely of, what, that. what, uh, you said, um, my, my, one of my questions was, um, how do you typically research gluten-free options when you travel? You did mention a, an app. What was the name of that app? So it's called Find Me Gluten Free. Find Me Gluten Free. Yep. And is and that another... only for America or is that like when you travel anywhere? It's worldwide. Yeah. So I've used it in Spain, France, England. Oh, there's a couple other countries I've used it in. That's oh, dope. Canada, Mexico. That, yeah. That's dope. I like the fact that it's worldwide. That way you don't have to keep on having so many apps for different places. Yeah, and um, I love that there's that too, because it, it, it's not easy um, traveling to a new space and then having to worry about gluten-free options, especially countries that have their own language, which English is not the first language. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And the, and the, and the thing with traveling gluten-free is you can still do it, but you, you do have to put more preparation into it. Like for instance, um, when I travel, I will like, uh, I look up like wherever I'm staying. And then I look at, I put that zip code in and find out like what, what restaurants is like, are there restaurant choices nearby? And if there, if there aren't any decent ones, like Usually when you're in a big city, you can find something, but like the more rural areas you get, you're going to find like nothing. And so if I'm traveling to an area that doesn't have good restaurant choices, I make sure I have a hotel with a microwave and a mini fridge. And then I make sure I stop at a, a store that I can buy food at. And then I just bring some food with me, put it in the microwave and fridge. And then that way I know I have safe options to eat. And then I always travel with food. So I always take double Ziploc, everything. And I travel with stuff in like single serving packets. That way, if I can't find anything immediately, I at least have something with me to eat. And so there's a lot of things. TSA? Yeah, so I go through TSA. And one of the things I always tell people is if you have food and you're going through TSA to take it out of your bag and put it in a separate thing, because I almost always get pulled over when I have food. Like for a perfect example, I just went to LA and I found this amazing bakery, a dedicated gluten-free bakery called Bread Block. And they had these beautiful, I put it on my Instagram, beautiful loaves of chestnut bread, like chestnut, like real chestnut flour. Uh, oh my gosh, it's so delicious. So I bought a huge thing of chestnut bread and then I bought their buckwheat crackers. So buckwheat 
even though it says wheat, it actually has no gluten in it. And so I put it in my bag and I put it through TSA. And then I see my bag go in the searchable. Uh, I was like, no, I forgot to take the bread. And so literally the second the, the guy says, is this your bag? I said, yes, there's bread in there. And that's what made the monitor go off. And he goes, oh, okay. He didn't even look in my bag. He just gave it back to me. <laughs> well, that's nice. Because sometimes TSA can be really annoying, I swear. If there was a way to travel by um, TSA without going through TSA, oh my God. This is why yeah. we need private jets, you know? This is why I, we need I private jets. I remember pre-TSA travel. I remember that. And and uh, my kids were little in pre-TSA travel, and now they're adults. But I could not imagine going through TSA with children. Like, that would be so stressful. Bruh, 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 bruh. Anytime, that's why, like when I see people wearing heels and dressed up in airports, I'm like, I really want to be you one day. Because I dress so comfortable because I know I have to get shit out so I never have my bracelets. I never, because that whole process, I wear like joggers and a t-shirt or a jumper and some socks and sneakers and I'm good. Like I'm not doing extra because all that process, I hate it, I Oh yeah. I'm yoga pants, usually like my tank top, my, and then I wear like two or three jackets because, I, because sometimes I get hot flashes and I can't wear like heavy stuff because then I get too hot and I have to rip everything off. And then I have my sports bra underneath. So if I get really hot, I just rip everything off at TSA, throw it in the bin. I get a lot of looks, but I don't really fucking care. So, <laughs> but that's the best. I just like rip off everything and I'm just in my sports bra, my yoga pants, and I'm looking really hot walking through TSA and I'm like, woo! scan me baby oh and by the way this is kind of funny so twice when i've gone through the tsa scanner my bikini area lit up like i literally had a, a triangle over my bikini area paula no no what? shit and i was like how did that light up like i know i'm hot but come on like seriously and then the girl was like oh we need to pat you down do you want to go in a back room i'm like no just do it here girl like just right out in public but the next time, I tell you what, if I see a hot TSA guy, I'm like, I'm be like, I want him to pat me down, please. Thank you. <laughs> if I have to get patted down, I want the hot guy to do it, not the girl. <laughs> <laughs> you should have asked for a picture of that bikini line. Like, you can have right? to you print that for me, because yeah, I, I would I'd love to take a picture of, of it, but I'd probably get arrested. <laughs> You're like, just a picture. I need this. You, like stand next to the machine and be like, can you please take my picture? <laughs> oh my God, my cheeks are painted. I was not <laughs> expecting that. I was not. Okay. Refocus, refocus, refocus. <laughs> I got that, of stories. I, I mean, it is traveling stories, so. <laughs> Oh, do you want to hear the story about how I dropped my my keys in a pit toilet at a national park in Utah? Do I want to know how you got them out? That's the question. Sure. <laughs> okay, so my cousin and I travel together every year. And the one year I took my cousin to, because I used to live in Utah, and national parks are fan. I would never recommend anybody living in Utah, especially if you're a female, because Utah is just way too conservative. And so... Um, so anyway, we were traveling in Utah, camping out at different national parks. And we were at Capitol Reef National Park, which is this beautiful national park. And 
when you get to national parks, there's like no cell phone service, like in most places, like people think, oh, you're going to a national park, there's cell phone service. No. So I, I did actually a few episodes telling people if you're going to a national park, especially if you're in Utah, you're literally in the middle of nowhere, always bring a paper map because your Google Maps will not work. And so, um, so we were at Capitol Reef and they always have the big signs like welcome to blah, 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 national park. So of course, my cousin and I get a picture in front of it. And so um, I we got out of my car and I had my keys with me. And so I put them, I was wearing like, um, like biker shorts. So I stuck them in the back of my biker shorts so they wouldn't be in our picture. We had somebody take our picture. And then I told my cousin Ellie, I'm like, oh, I need to use the bathroom. Not thinking my keys were stuffed in the back of my pants, not hooked on to me. So I went to use the bathroom and I heard this clink and I'm like, oh, that's really weird. So I get up, to, get up and I left and I went to open my car door and I'm like, oh shit, I, my keys just dropped. So I literally ran back. There was a woman about to use the bathroom. And I'm like, don't use the bathroom. My keys are in there. And so my cousin's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Because we had no cell phone service. So um, I was like, stand at this bathroom door and don't let anybody in. And so I went out and I was talking to some people who were coming in the park. I'm like, can you please tell the rangers when you get to the park that I dropped my keys in the toilet and I need somebody to come out and help me? And they looked at me and just walked away. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? What's wrong with this crazy girl? <laughs> right? No, I think like, what's wrong with them? Like, I need help. Like, if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, yes. I know, I, I, would, run, I would run right there, like, go and talk to them, yes. Yeah, because it was literally 10 miles to the to the entrance of the park. So there's no way we're walking it in 100 degree heat in the summer. And so, and so, and everything was in my car locked. So I couldn't get, even get back into my car. And so anyway, my cousin Ellie grabs two, luckily there were sticks around because Utah is desert and we got two long sticks and it took me 45 minutes but I fished my keys out of the pit toilet. And if you don't know what a pit toilet is, it's like a, a honey pot, a porta potty, but it has a much longer like, like hole in the ground and it has water. And luckily there was a bunch of toilet paper floating islands on there and my keys landed on the toilet paper island. So it took me 45 minutes, but I fished my keys out. They smelled horrible. My cousin was like, you better freaking put your keys and lock them on your backpack or, or like I'm never traveling with these again. So I had them locked, carabined on my backpack for the rest of the trip. Never happened again. Oh my god! A, my cousin has a picture of me with my head in the toilet, fishing my car keys out. At least, at least there were trees, and you didn't get you didn't. There were trees where you could get sticks, and you didn't have to use your hands fishing. Right. <laughs> oh my god! I wouldn't have been able to reach it if I didn't have long sticks because it was like literally like seven, eight feet down. And I, I, I pulled it up a few times and it fell off the sticks. I'm like, no. And so it's so funny because my cousin, Ellie, who was with me, was like, because it's a complete germaphobe. And so I had to tell her, I'm like, Ellie, when I pull these up, you need to grab them. And she's like, oh my, I'm like, Ellie, no. just don't think about it. Just grab them. And she grabbed them and she literally dry heaved. She almost puked. <laughs> it's it safe to say, it's safe to say me and you are never traveling together. We'll meet each other there, like different flights, different days even. Either one well, goes still... the day before, the other one goes the day after, but we are not traveling together, okay? I still, to this day, carry my keys on a carabiner because of that. <laughs> I'm glad you learned. You learned the hard way, but I'm glad you learned. <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely a learning if, experience. Because if it happens the second time, I'm going to be like, okay, so now we're going to be put, we're going to make your keys as a chain and you wait, like, you know. On top of your head where they're banging in front of you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, all right. 
I swear, today I'm gonna go sleep. I'm gonna sleep like a crown because I'm gonna be like this. <laughs> you need to get like some muscle cream and just rub it into your cheeks like this. I swear, because even the beer is not helping. Because oh my god. <laughs> so, how do you balance experiencing? Because we were talking about travel, and you have traveled around a lot. So, how do you balance experiencing new foods and culture while maintaining your um, gluten-free diet? Yeah. So there are certain ethnicity foods that are naturally more gluten-free, like Indian. So Indian, it's usually only the non. And and you can't assume that for everybody, but like usually like on a regular basis, Indian food is easy to eat. Thai food ha- is has a lot, usually has choices you can eat if you're gluten-free. Um, what else? Um, Oh my gosh. Certain Americans, certain burger places, like there's a place here locally called Burgerville and it's a chain place. And I know I can eat at all of them because they all have gluten-free procedures and gluten-free buns and um, gluten-free desserts, which is really amazing. Um, And then what else? And then there's certain ethnicity foods that I know I don't eat because they're really dangerous, like Korean barbecue. I would never go to a Korean barbecue place unless it was dedicated gluten-free because- Oh my God. Soy sauce has gluten in it because the number one ingredient in it is wheat. And so I can't eat anything with regular soy sauce, but I can eat it if it has tamari, which is gluten-free soy sauce. Um, Hawaiian places, typically I can't eat at any of them. There's one in Portland I can eat at. So when we go uh, traveling and we fly out of the Portland airport, we always eat at this. It's called Hawaiian Grove um, Bamboo Tropical Grill. And the owner there, she said she made everything gluten-free um, because there's so many gluten-free people. And... Um, and, and it was really easy just to make the soy sauce gluten-free because soy sauce and gluten-free soy sauce taste the same. It's basically salt water. And so <clears throat> I make sure that I usually eat it at, like, at places that I know are either dedicated gluten-free or like I know I'm going to have gluten-free choices at. And I always use the app, the Find Me Gluten-Free app to find places. Um, and then the other thing is, is like if we walk into a place and I'm asking questions and they're not answering them to my satisfaction, I just walk out. And I tell people that on my podcast all the time. I'm like, if you're not happy with the answers they're giving you, walk out because your health is not worth risking getting sick on vacation. Like I, there was a story, this girl, I can't remember, it was one of someone who's on my podcast and she, it was her honeymoon and they were in Las Vegas and she was at a buffet at one of the big hotels and she was asking them questions and the and the chef was really short with her. Like he wouldn't give her straight answers. So she ate something and ended up getting sick on her honeymoon, like ruined her entire honeymoon. And I'm like, no, no, no. You just walk out at that point. Like you don't. I'm suing you. I'm sorry. I'm suing you because you don't get back right? a honeymoon. I'm sorry. I'm suing you. Well, that's why I tell people like, don't feel that you're going to like people are like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm like, no, no, no. This is your health. Your health is number one. And you're you're like the whole point of going on vacation is to relax. So exactly. No it's your you health, your money, your time, your peace, your you gotta speak up. Yeah, all that time planning. Yeah, just walk out if you don't feel comfortable. So I have no problem with I've walked out of several places I don't feel comfortable with. Um, but there are also like I said before, like Burgerville's a chain place. I know it can eat different places like Jersey Mike's, um, which is the sub shop actually has a protocol for gluten-free. So I can get a gluten-free sub there and there's Jersey Mike's all over the place. Chick-fil-A oh, is another Jersey one that Mike's. does. 
Yeah, Chick-fil-A is another one that does gluten-free really well. And so I know I can eat at Chick-fil-A's. So there's certain fast food places I know I can eat at that are safe, that have gluten-free protocols, which means they change their gloves. They will, you know, clean the surface. They'll put paper on the surface to help, you know, help reduce the chances. So even, even if it's a place like that, you still have a chance of getting it. But like there's certain places I won't eat. Like I, I don't eat at McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's because I know it's even Popeyes, I'm sorry. I love I love their food, but their customer service is so trash. Yes, yeah. My husband is a, he can eat anything. He's the Popeyes, and he says the same thing. I swear, if it wasn't for their food, I would never be going. Because every time I walk in there, I'm like, I'm spending my money. Like, Richard, but when I think about that chicken, I'm like, okay. Few more minutes. I don't even eat in there. I always order to go because that's how much they. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I wonder how, uh, I don't know if Africa food, okay, I'm not going to say the whole Africa, but I wonder if Tanzanian food is like gluten free or whatever. You need to research that. So by the time I take you to Tanzania, you already know. Because I don't want oh, you to get in sleep when we go to Tanzania. Ah! <laughs> so, okay. So I'm going to make a plug for one of my good friends. So his name is, his name is James Mwenda and he lives in Kenya. And um, he started, um, he was actually the, the African ranger who was responsible for saving the African North white rhino from, well, they're biologically extinct, but he led the whole project to help save the genetics for them. And he now has, yes, he now has a company called Jemu Expeditions that does African safaris. And so I'm going to go on one of his safaris. And he said that there's lots of really natural, like everything's made fresh in Africa usually. So like when you go places, it's pretty easy to find gluten-free food. So when are you going to this safari? You know, Kenya and Tanzania, we share our borders. So uh, you're literally my hood. So, Next door neighbors. Yeah, so we will, we'll, we'll, you'll go to Kenya, I'll go to Tanzania, and then when you're done with Kenya, you meet me in Tanzania. Heck yeah, I'll totally meet you in Tanzania. We'll make a plan, we'll make a plan. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, so I probably, I was thinking about going on safari this year, but it's not going to happen. So maybe next year. Oh, thank God. Yeah, because I can't afford it this year. So thank God. Yeah, next year. <laughs> that works out good for both of us. Yeah, because um, it's different when you're going as a vacation, but when you're going home, you know, you have to calculate the family members, all the shit they're going to want, all the shit they're going to make you pay for because you just came back home the money I'm going to need to have, my ticket, and it, 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 it's, a, it's, it's, it's stress going back home. Like it's so really what, you do, what you do, Paula, is you go back home and you tell everybody you actually lost your wallet on the airplane, and so you don't have any money or credit cards with you. That's what you tell them. <laughs> okay, but what, where were the presents? What's that? Where are the presents? <laughs> you don't have to go to Tanzania just come to Kenya with me <laughs> no I want to show you my country my my friends already know um, they, they can't ask me those questions those who get gifts get if you didn't get I'm sorry next time get on the it's gift as, list it's as simple as that oh this time if i go i'm getting everybody talk shit repeat merchandise like you want a gift cheers go rock my t-shirt rock my mug <laughs> yep so let me ask you this um 
I know you shared a little bit in, in the beginning in your story about um, getting a, a reaction on vacation. So, because I had a question about that, getting a reaction while traveling. So, how do you manage it when that happens? Like, how bad does it get? How do you manage it? Yeah, it gets really bad. So on on my trip in November, I was actually on a cruise, and um, we start we left from London, England, and um, not only was I sick from gluten, but the boat was like this. Oh my god, I have never been so nauseous literally in my entire life, and I got I was sick throughout both of my pregnancies. I was so. So like, you imagine- have seasickness. I'm motion sick. Yeah. So I get motion sick. And so, um, I always, every time I travel, I travel with these, they're, they're patches you have to get by prescription and they're called scopolamine. So if you ever go somewhere like on a, you see them a lot on cruises and you see people look like, oh, oh like, my like God. I had a guy look- on clubhouse Nick was just talking. Cause one of our friends was saying she gets also a uh, motion traveling long distance. Like she doesn't get from plane or whatever. Then Nick was telling him that my wife got this and she puts it behind her ear because she also has the sickness and she was fine. The lady was like, that one didn't work for me. No, no, no. See, okay. So, so here's the deal. So there is, so you can't take like, um, like regular stuff, like, um, uh, what is it called? Um, oh my gosh. The, um, so there is a medication they give you like when you're pregnant or when you're just like generally nauseous and that doesn't work for motion sickness. You have to take something specific for motion sickness. So there's Dramamine, which makes you tired as hell and makes you sleep and makes my head spin. So I don't even take that. And then there's apparently another like um, tablet you can take that's a prescription that apparently works really well. But I try not to put stuff in my digestive system because the more stuff I put in it, the worse it feels, especially medication. And so these scopolamine patches, they look like a little round bandaid and you put them behind your ear. But, and I had one, but it takes five to six hours to get into your system. And I was already sick. So we had to call down to the medic on the cruise ship and she came up and gave me a shot of anti-nausea medicine. Thank God, because after getting sick for eight hours, I was getting really dehydrated. And so she gave me a a shot of anti-nausea medicine and that stopped me from puking. But then two nights later, we hit rough seas again. And even though I had my patch on, I was still sick. So she had to come up and give me another shot. (laughs) She's like, we need to stop meeting like this. I'm like, yeah, I need to meet you at the bar or something. Like that's much better than you coming up and me showing you my naked butt to give me a shot. I mean. I'm repeating again. We are not traveling together. (laughs) I love you. I love you, girl, but me and you are never traveling together. Well, one of the things you have to we know about meet, me. We shall meet each other in the destination. <laughs> no, I'm real. I am actually really fun to travel with because I'm very adventurous and I love doing new, like new adventures, new acts. Like I'm all about the experience, right? But I am, I'm, I will push through almost anything. Like even after getting sick for eight hours, I went out the next day and had fun. Like I, I know. will push through. I, I, I'm not judging your quality of having fun. That's what I'm saying. We will meet each other there. But that traveling process being stuck either on air or on the boat or something, and then something is going on with you, I do not want to be part of that. So that's what I'm saying. We will travel together. We'll go on vacations, on trips, but we will just be meeting each other there. And then we all live on different flights, different times, different. But we will go to, we, we, we just won't be together during that travel time. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the thing I do is I, I always carry scopolamine patches with me every time I travel, even if I'm not going on a cruise, because I never know when I'm going to need it. And then I also should take ginger because ginger is ginger candy is really good for like calming your stomach. And then I also take with me like enzymes to digest my food and probiotics. And then I also take charcoal because charcoal helps with like if you get really bad diarrhea to help bind everything together again. So it stops earlier. Uh, and so like if I do get gluten, I will take all of that stuff like in large quantities. And it, although it doesn't, it's my, my immune system is still going to attack my body. It just helps to lessen the symptoms. So I, so I don't feel as bad. I still feel bad. I just don't feel as bad. So, um, so yeah, so I just take all the supplements with me every time I travel so that if I do get gluten and I, I'm really careful when I travel, but taking, if I do get gluten, I take the stuff. And taking all these, all these things at the same time, they don't get you a little bit high. Oh no, none of that stuff gets you high. No, I got other stuff for that girl. I've got that covered in the other department. Because uh, I'd be like, if I'm taking all this medication, let them give me a little bit of a kick, like a little bit of something. No, I mean, you feel that bad when you're like puking for eight hours, you're like, you're just exhausted. Like you're just so tired. And then I get really bloated and then I have a picture of me in bikini and, and it's a beautiful waterfall behind me, but oh my gosh, I was so bloated in that picture. And I'm like, oh man, I can't put this on my Instagram. And then I did anyway. No. I didn't care. Hell yeah. And oh, you could have used it for April Fool's baby loading. Right? Yeah. yeah. Everything is content. <laughs> you make a joke out of it. The pictures there, people are not even concentrated on it. They're just like, oh my God, congratulations. Wait, huh? Wait, what? You're stepping all over. Like, people want it. <laughs> you got, you know? But I'm proud of you for putting it without caring because I think um, social media makes people feel like they only have to show perfect pictures. And that's why when oh, you come yeah. on my pictures, I don't like that. Like, I don't care. It doesn't have to be like I post the right way. And that's why I like the candid pictures because they're always the right when you're caught in the moment. You, you literally didn't. I wasn't like pretending to be writing while thinking so deep. Like every picture doesn't need to be there. Like it's okay once in a while to have a picture like that with a nice quote or whatever. But all your pictures can't be a perfectionist. Come on now. No, you are a no, human being. Sure. Yeah. I want to see once in a while with the messy hair, pajamas, funky shit. Like, you know, be you, be natural. So I'm glad you did that. So, um... <clears throat> What was my question? Oh my God. Here we go. <laughs> what are some of the biggest challenges you face while I'm um, trying to maintain a gluten-free diet on the road? Okay. So one of them is definitely long airplane flights because I stopped eating airplane food after that incident in November that I talked about on my cruise because I actually got sick from the airplane. So I, so before you get on an airplane, you can, you have, you have to do it three days in advance because you can't do it the day before you have to order like gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever. And they can't do gluten and dairy-free. They can only do one thing free. And so I ordered gluten-free food. My dinner I got had a roll that said contains wheat. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I ordered gluten-free food and the roll contains wheat. Thank God. And it, and, and there was no ingredients. So I gave it back to the girl and I'm like, I can't eat this. And she's like, well, can I give you something else? Um, and she's like, can I give you fruit? I'm like, does I have ingredients on it? She's like, no, I'm like, I can't eat it. Like if you don't list the ingredients, I can't eat it. And then they gave me breakfast food and it had the ingredients and I read it 
And it looked like everything was gluten-free, but I think the oats was what made me sick. So going on long plane flights is the hardest for me because I have to pack more food. And then I have to be prepared for like, because lately after, after COVID, we've had a lot of like plane delays and whatever. So not only do I have to pack more food, I have to make sure that like wherever I'm going, I can get like a salad or something from the airport. And some airports are better than others for getting gluten-free oh, yeah. salads. Yeah. And so, and airports are really hard to find safe food at. So I just always carry my own food. Um, so that's a challenge. I've never been on a train ride since I've been gluten-free because there's no way I'm eating any food out of a train kitchen because they're tiny and there's no way that's going to be safe. Um, and so I think that's probably the biggest challenge and probably just um, keeping like, so in my pantry, I keep like basically my travel food stocked in like a little box. And so I always have it in there so that when I go traveling, I don't have to be like, oh, I need to order something. So I just grab some stuff, throw it in the double Ziploc bag and stick it in my backpack. So definitely planning and keeping enough food with me is the biggest challenge when I'm traveling. I need to ask this, how much food can you get through TSA? Oh, you can get a lot of food through TSA. You just can't get it. You just can't bring liquids through it. As long as it's not liquid, it's safe. So like I eat crackers, nuts. But the other thing I figured out too, is that I usually, if I bring nuts with me, um, I always bring something that's nut free for my airplane ride because there are airplane rides that like have people that, that have peanut allergies. And so if I only bring nuts with me, then I can't eat them on the airplane. And then I can't eat the stuff they are giving me. So I can't eat anything. So I always bring a nut free, gluten free snack for an airplane. Um, and then I usually bring like almond crackers and seaweed and so like some other different things that I eat, but yeah, you just can't bring liquids. So what I do when I fly a red eye, which I fly red eyes a lot because they're, they're inexpensive and I can get the whole day. Like I just like literally stay up for 24 hours and I get the whole next day at my vacation. I don't miss any time with traveling, which I really love. I'm like super exhausted by the end of the night, but it's totally <laughs> worth it. So what I do is I bring like a protein powder in a pack and then I bring a shaker bottle and then I put paper towels on either side of the little metal ball so it doesn't be like the whole way I'm in the airport. And so then I, I, when I get to my destination, I put, I put the water, I take out the paper towels, I put the water in the shaker bottle and put the protein on top and shake it up really good. And then that way I have breakfast that I know is safe. So I have my protein drink for breakfast in the morning when I come off my red eye. Nice. And, um, is there a specific way to pack the food or you can just dump the food however into the through the TSA or is there a specific way to be packing food or yeah, a specific so yeah, the best way to pack your food if you have a food allergy and you're traveling is uh, what I do is I take like the the quart size and I use Ziploc brand. The Ziploc brand is way sturdier and they always stay together. And I double Ziploc it. So I put it in a like a quart size. And then so I'll put like some snacks in like two or three quart size bags. And then I take the quart size bags and put them in a big gallon bag and zip them all up. That way I have them and I can just take the quart size bag out. So if I'm going hiking or whatever on my vacation and I can just put a few things in that quart size bag, stick it in my backpack and bring it with me. And so, and then that way when I get to TSA, I can just take the whole quartz, the gallon bag out, put it in the tray and then they can scan it. And then I just put it back in my backpack and then go on my merry way. I like that. <clears throat> so during traveling, have you ever experienced a negative reaction from someone when asking for um, a gluten-free diet? And how did you handle that? Like either with waiters or, uh, I don't know if it's cashier. I mean, at the ordering place, what do you call those? I know waiters at the restaurant, but... Oh, like wait staff or maitre d's or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So anybody, or yes. even on the plane, or you know, anywhere where you you have been while you're traveling, have you ever experienced like a negative, like oh my god, another one of them? <laughs> Yeah, I have. I and I don't get it very often. And I don't know if that's just because I'm I'm a really nice person. And I always ask really nicely. Like I never tell them like, oh, I'm gluten free, you have to do blah, blah, blah. And I tell them like it's for medical reasons and I really prefer to eat normal food, but this is how I have to eat. So um and and I joke with them like I'm like, I really rather eat that normal bread and your dessert. And then they laugh and stuff like that. So um, but like one time we were at a restaurant and um it was clearly a family owned restaurant because the eight-year-old daughter was working as a waitress, which is illegal. Um, <laughs> she was like literally eight. And so I told her, I said, do you have any gluten-free I mean, food? In Africa, some of us worked in a way younger age. We were always, oh, yeah. we were always somehow our parents' assistants. So whether they had, if any parent had that business, we've all been taken to their offices and worked during the weekends or evenings just, yeah, so. Yeah, I started working when I was eight, but I did it voluntarily. I was like raking my neighbor's lawns of leaves and like shoveling snow and all that stuff and like doing newspaper routes. But um, anyway, so she goes into the kitchen and then she comes back and she says, oh, are you allergic to water too? And I was like, and I looked at her, I said, you know what, sweetheart? I don't think this is a good place for us to eat. I said, let me just give you a $2 tip. Thank you for helping me today. And I think my daughter and I are, are going to try another place to eat. And so, and then another time um, I was at, a, oh, we were at a restaurant and we were at a black, black bear diner and black bear diners are very hit or miss. You either get one that's really great with allergies or you get one that sucks. And so we were at one that sucks one time in Arizona and, um, and Arizona is not a great place to find gluten-free food. And so we're at the diner and I'm telling the lady, like, I can't eat gluten and this is why. And um, she looks at me, she goes, oh, we can't serve you here. And I looked at her, I said, oh, then I guess I'll be leaving. <laughs> wow. Some people really do need to go get uh, customer service um, classes or something. Cause... I mean, and that's fine if they can't serve me, but the attitude, I don't appreciate. Exactly. Like, and, said, and, you didn't, and you didn't have to say that way. You could have just said, sorry, we don't do gluten-free. Maybe we have this option for you. Or maybe, you know, suggest a different place for me if you know but you or just say sorry we don't have good that's all and i can decide whether but you to tell me you can't serve me because i i inquired about gluten-free wow And I don't get that very often, but one time I actually got a waiter and this was, we were in Canada in Victoria, Canada, and we were eating at an old spaghetti factory and they had gluten-free, what was it? Gluten-free um, shrimp linguine, which was fabulous. Anyway, so I, I told him I was gluten-free and I do it for medical reasons and blah, blah, blah. And so, and I ordered a salad and I said, don't, don't put any croutons on it, you know, and, and he told me the other things are in it. I said, everything else is fine. Just don't put croutons on it. Well, when the server brought it out, it had croutons. And so I flagged my waiter, I called him over and I said, I said, oh, I said, this salad has croutons on it. I said, but when you take it back, you can't tell them just to take the croutons off because I'll still get sick if there's crumbs on it. I said, they'll need to remake the whole, they'll need to remake the whole salad. He said, I'm glad you told me that. He goes, because we have people come in here all the time that tell us they're gluten-free and then we bring them a salad with croutons and they're like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. And so there's people who do it for, they do it for, because they think it's healthy, but they're not really serious about it. And then, so then waiters and waitresses experience that. And then I come in and they think I'm not serious, but like, I seriously can't eat gluten. And so that's another hurdle that I have to get over is like, I have to educate people 
on like why. And I tell them like when they give me the, like the, are you serious? And I looked at them and I said, if, if I get gluten in my system, I will be sick for two weeks. I said, I said, and it's not fun. I said, so please be very careful with my order. And I'm, I'm very gracious to them and we tip them very well if they do a good job and stuff. And there's some waiters and waitresses that will go out of their way. Like we had a waitress um, at the local brewery here like two weeks ago. And she's like, I went back to the chef and I told him that you didn't get sick at any other restaurant in McMinnville. And if we made you sick, I was going to come back here and chew him out. Oh, <laughs> that was sweet of her. Yeah, she was really sweet. And, and and I like people like that because you do find people. Sometimes I, I be asking myself, I'm like, I get it. Sometimes we just take jobs because we need the money. But literally, ask them to be on the on the back end, like dishwasher. If you don't want to deal with customers, you know, nobody's right. forcing you. Um, and you don't even have to go above and beyond. You can just be a, a normal human being. And that's okay. And we will appreciate those who go above and beyond because they love their job or they just have that personality. I hate yeah. my job, but I still, because I am in customer service, I'm still going to offer a nice, like today I knew I wasn't going to be able to give them the service that they could deserve. I called out because I was really, you know, we talked today and I told you, I was like, today is just not a good mental health day for me. But I'm glad I did not cancel on you because you have made me laugh. You have given me the energy. And that means I won't be calling off work tomorrow because I'm ready. I, I've been in this great spirit around you. I'm going to work and provide the energy I do. And everybody who has met me, you know my energy. Like, it's literally, I have the highest energies. Like, I remember, oh, I, purposed, yeah. I, remember I purposed that night of the, of the, the closing party. And because I was a Wait, little bit, Christopher I, Lewis carried you off like a pa- like a purse. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how everybody remembers that, but that was last year, y'all. This year he did not carry me for some reason. I think the whole vibe this year, kind of last year. If you know what the vibe is, like last year, the hotel you could literally stand in one place and see everybody down there, and and then this year it was like all around, like you know. Well, I carried um, you around this year. <laughs> you t- you took over from him. You definitely did. Um, <clears throat> yes, but what the fuck was I saying before you 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 brought in Christopher and carrying me around? I don't know. I was sharing a moment of podcast, and you. This is why me and Liquid should not be doing a podcast together. We 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 distract each other with anyway. Derail each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was gonna share. If I remember, I come through as eyes. I'm a, I'm gonna cut that shit off. Oh, maybe just leave it. Who knows? But <laughs> but, <clears throat> but liquid. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I had a oh my great God, this was time. But so I wanna know because um, when we dived in, we kind of dive dived in. But when did your journey with gluten free start? Because I don't think I, 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 how old were you? Uh, I was 42 when it started. Oh, thank God you literally started. Was it difficult for you to transition from, because were you eating non gluten free before that? Oh, yeah, I was eating everything before that. But it actually, 
it actually wasn't hard for that. I mean, it was, it was challenging, but I wouldn't consider it like really hard for me to transition for two reasons. One is because I'm, I love to cook and bake. So for me, it was more like a challenge of like game on, like, how do I make this work for myself? And the second thing is, is that um, I'm, I'm a really, I'm really good at problem solving. Like I'm always looking for the workaround. Like if I have a problem in front of me, I'm like, how do I, how do I work around it or fix it or like get to the other side? So, and I'm really creative. So it wasn't, it was, while, while it was challenging, it wasn't really hard. And like, if I didn't become celiac, I wouldn't have this podcast and, and I wouldn't have been in the podcasting industry and met all these amazing people who are, I've gotten made so many good friends from. So it was like really a blessing in disguise. You'd probably still have a podcast because you you are more than just traveling gluten free. I mean, oh yeah, you- I might, but but it really it really threw me into the like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it five years ago. That's for sure. So yeah, I'm glad yeah, I got I mean, in it when I did. Yeah, maybe the timeline would have been different, but with everything that you get into, I believe you'd have eventually ended up in. Who knows? Maybe in a few years you bring us another podcast because. That's the person you are. Like, <laughs> I, 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 have, yeah. I had two other ones. So I have another one called um, Marketeers Mastermind. Yep, that's going on right now. The season is going to end in three weeks. And then I have, uh, I had another podcast during COVID called COVID Travel Update. And that one's now archived. But um, yeah, so I've got two going on right now. Travel Gluten Free and the Marketeers Mastermind. So if the timeline would have been maybe different, but you'd have still found your way into the podcasting world. So um, when you say you said your transition wasn't hard because um, you love to bake, you your problems over. How how did your family and friends take the, the transition? Because it doesn't just hit you, especially for people who are used to going with you to different places without worrying about certain things, and now they had to start. <clears throat> worrying and considering that and because you also need to be a little bit less selfish because selfish people don't give a fuck right yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really lucky like my husband is very very supportive and like sometimes I'll even forget to ask a question and he'll ask it at a restaurant or he'll order his food gluten-free so we can share because like I can't even I can't even like like if he wants to eat something that I'm eating, I'll share with him, but he can't put his fork in my food. So I have to take my fork and put it on a little separate plate so he can eat it. But um, but my husband is super supportive of me. He's really amazing. And my wait, daughter. Wait, wait. He, Do you guys, if he doesn't, if he eats uh, gluten-free and you eat non-gluten-free, like when you go on a date night and he orders that, do you all kiss after? Oh, yes, to brush his teeth. <laughs> Yeah, he usually like yeah drinks water or like brushes his teeth yeah before we start like making out and having sex and stuff like that yeah so yeah you have to be careful with that so you can you can you can cross contaminate your partner making out um, l- luckily luckily you can't get it the other way making out like you know so that's okay but like you don't you don't want to like make out in your yeah. So anyway, um, but, and my youngest daughter who lives with me, who's 23, she's also celiac and she also, we, uh, she also probably has a couple other autoimmune diseases. So she's gluten-free. So when we cook at the house, we make all our meals gluten-free. So everybody just eats the same meal. And then my husband has like his separate container where he has like his 
regular bagels and regular bread in so that so he does make his own stuff but I wipe my countertops down every day and then like all of our dishes just go in the dishwasher so where we have to be where we are mostly gluten-free at home and I know some people are completely gluten-free and that would be great but like I can't tell my husband oh no you can't eat like I could tell him he couldn't eat bagels at home but that wouldn't be very fair so and then sometimes when we go out to eat dinner he eats like right like he eats regular bread and he'll eat like what he you know he can order whatever he wants so like when he goes out to eat like when we're going on date night or Friday nights, he just orders whatever he wants, or sometimes he orders gluten-free, but he's been super supportive. And um, I have friends, all my friends are really supportive of it too. Like I've never had a friend that wasn't supportive, but I'm very picky on who, who I choose as friends. Like I only pick people who have like good values, who are good people, who are not like selfish assholes. So, so that really helps too. Because if I- Liquid, are we friends or are we just podcast? podcast oh no, we are friends, girl. We're like, we're like this. Me and Paula, <laughs> E and P. Oh, we're about to share a whole room and be naked with each other. Just heck yeah. <laughs> that would be a great picture for Instagram. We'll be like in the bubble bath, be like, it's E and P. Get in the bubble bath together. Did you see the Wish one I did here. with my other roomies? Did you see the other one I did with my other roomies? You told me, but I have not seen it on your Instagram yet. So I need to go and check it, it out. It's on Instagram and it got so many likes and so many comments because when we were at Portfest, the funny thing is, right? I love this girl. Shout out to Michelle and um, Oh, Michelle is fabulous. Michelle and Kelly. Oh my God, they are amazing. And the fact that we didn't know each other before Portfest, like we literally met. Um, I, I met I Michelle the night I arrived in our room and Michelle was so amazing. She took care of everything. She did the booking. She like, I, I, I came, she, she had everything. She, she was like, I got the top extra towers for y'all. I got this for y'all. We were just going like, Oh my God, you are like our mother right now. Handling shit. My, my, my sofa was already made, like made with my, everything was amazing. And as soon as I got in, I met her, we, we shared wine and we drank our bottle of wine and we're like, you know, we got to be at Portmas tomorrow at seven because I was volunteering and I, I had a register. I'm like, and I arrived around midnight-ish. Like by the time we went to bed, it was around 2, 3 a.m. So, <laughs> and then, then we got to do, we got to, And then the next day, Kelly came in and, um, at night and we found out because um that first night we went out with the, um of course my favorite boys the mopad boys so we went uh we went out to karaoke on the first night to this bar and then uh when we came back home Kay was already home and then she walked she had our voices she walked into my bed and sat next to me but she only had her panties and a t-shirt so i squeezed her ass and hugged her then she went back to bed then the next day I was like, oh my God, Kelly, you have a nice ass. I enjoyed squeezing it. And everybody, like, I, we were standing with Mark over there and Mark was like, what am I listening to? And every space we ended up, if I was with Michelle, and, and the funny thing is we loved each other so much, we didn't just hang out in our hotel. Like, even at Portfest, if we see each other, we'd hang out unless somebody had a different meeting. Or, but half of the time, if we're together, oh, let's go do this together, let's go do this together. So we're sitting at this table and Steve, the comedy comedian and all these people started coming and everybody who meets us, we're like, when we're together, we're like, yeah, we sleep together. And everybody's like, wait, y'all sleep together. And we're like, yeah, we sleep together. <laughs> we sleep together. 
<laughs> and then, and then, cause I like movies, cause I don't have boobs, and Carrie has some nice moves. Like uh, every time we we are hanging out, I'm like poking on them, and that's why I had that tag of perverted. Like literally, the guy went and scrolled over extrovert and root perverted, and was like, "Pull, I dare you." I'm like, "You don't have to dare me. I got this, cause I know I am." Literally, so don't worry. I'm rocking this, and I w- I became famous because of that. Even Jamie took a whole picture of it and tagged me on Instagram. But anyway, so when we were leaving the hotel that last day, she even made sure we got a late checkout so that we came to the ceremony. Then we went back to get our stuff instead of waking up and trying to rush. Because Kelly didn't even come to the ceremony. She was like, "I need more hours of sleep," so she was sleeping. So when. Awesome. I know, so I was like, oh my God, we need to take pictures. So we took cute pictures. We're like, we need one, all of us naked in bed. Because of every time people have said, when I, so we literally stripped off, entered the bed, thank God for timer, put the phone next to it and did a timer. And we, did, and, and we took pictures. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to post this year. <laughs> so, so last year I got carried out around. This year I got sucker punched. And I got to take naked picture, to be naked and free and take naked picture of my girls. Yes. And, and we're going to be. My, you grabbed my boobs at the cocktail mixer. I remember that lady was like, oh my God, what's going on here? I'm like, we're just having I, fun. Like, chill out, honey. I grabbed everybody's boobs. Like, I love boobies when I see them. And y'all have some nice boobs. But again, your boobs, mind you, of the conversation we had the night before, was it the, the night, night after, like, the first night was it yeah the first night that's when we had the influencer meet and greet yes 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 so that's the night after that we went to to the bar with Mopo. but when we were over there on that table that conversation was the highlight of my day because with you and your age and jen and i age and <clears throat> with that age and me with my age and michelle it was like different ages but the fact that we all just connected and we're just having a blast oh, and we just all part of the same sandwich girl we were just like we were all there i was telling somebody i was like i think this year at podcast i felt like i was on sex sex con because it was so many sex conversations i've had at podcast this year than anywhere and literally there was this guy recording us talking so much shit and it was all and and it was like paula do you mind if i post this because i can post this as the podcast after play and you remember when we were talking there he was walking out and we we're calling him to show him jana's thing and was like no 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 that guy was recording people. So me and Michelle did an interview. And then there was one day, the last day, uh, we were just hanging out and we were talking so much crap and he was just recording. And it turned out so good. It was like, Paula, can I post this? I'm like, hell fucking yeah, post the shit. <laughs> and I was listening to it and I was like, oh my fucking God, this is, um, I deserve that perverted shit, like literally. That's awesome. I love it. That was funny. So as we wrap this up, what advice would you give to someone who is in um in their journey with good and free, especially when it comes to traveling? Like you said, you just found out in your forties. So I know some people find it find out a little bit earlier where it's a little bit easier. But when you find a way you've already half your life been 
Yeah. yeah and, I, and I find that people that are over 60 usually don't stick to their diet. And that's a bad idea because you can get all sorts of bad cancers if you don't stick to your diet with celiac disease. So what, so I actually had somebody, a few people come up to me at different conferences and tell me like, oh, I, we haven't traveled for years and we didn't think we could travel. And then we listened to your podcast and realized we could travel and we booked our first trip. And that's like, that gives me goosebumps every time I think about that. Hell yeah. So what I tell people, um, I, oh, and I have the book, The Guide to Traveling Gluten-Free. So if you are a book reader, I've got that on on uh, on regular paperback and Kindle. Um, but what I tell people is that celiac disease, although it's it's it can be hard um, and it can be challenging, you don't want celiac, you don't want your disease to lead your life. You lead your life, and then you have to plan around, like you you make it work for yourself. So just because you have an autoimmune disease or a chronic illness or you know, you have a food allergy does not mean you can't lead the life that you want. You just have to figure out how to do it because it's all about being independent and being free and living the way you want, not letting your disease lead your life. That's so good. I love that. Liquid, thank you so much. I learned so much. My mind got blown out and um, I can't wait. Uh, I know way sooner than than she podcast but if it, whichever happens first i can't wait to, to experience my first time actually knowing i'm eating gluten free because i'm not saying i've never eaten it who knows i've just never paid attention mm-hmm. so i can't wait to to, to to experience that moment with you Yay! <laughs> i'm looking forward to that i feel like in dc if we also get time we should look for a brewery in dc that's gluten free me and my breweries yes 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 but um, thank you so much for finding the time to come in here. I know we have talked about this for a while. I even canceled the first one. I do apologize, but I'm no glad you, you finally made it. Um, let the people, this is the, the floor is yours to sell yourself. This is where you sell yourself in a good way, not the streets way. <laughs> awesome. But so let, let the people know what you do. And when I mean what you do, every motherfucking thing put it on the table let the people know where they can find you if you have um this episode will probably be going live around late may early june so if you have something coming up around that time let the people know floor is yours baby Awesome. So if you want to come and see me, you can visit my website at www.travelglutenfreepodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at travelglutenfreepodcast. Um, and please pick up a copy of my book, The Guide to Traveling Gluten-Free. Um, and if you'd like a signed copy, you can just contact me through my website, travelglutenfreepodcast.com, and I can get you a signed copy of my book if you prefer that. Um, but yeah, please follow me on Instagram and listen to my podcast. I'm on Travel Gluten Free Podcast is on all the major podcast players. <clears throat> I say, tell them everything you do. Oh, and I also do. I also do like I also do uh, like travel coaching. So if you if you're trying to plan a trip and you need some help, I do that as well. So just go over to travelglutenfreepodcast.com and hit me up on my contact form. And then you can also visit me on Marketeers Mastermind too. And I also do ghostwriting. So if you need a book written, if you need a book written, definitely come and see me. I can help you write your book if you have content or if you don't have content. I, I'm game either way. I can write you a book in a hundred days or less. Finally, because I was about to come. What about this? What about this? When I tell you sell yourself, go sell your fucking self. But yo, go check her out. She's amazing. She has incredible information. She's crazy, and I love crazy. 
and also i booked my discovery uh call with her and she even left me with the homework and she was gonna come hunt me so i actually did my homework and <laughs> and i will be hiring her but so y'all go check out her stuff support in any way you can and for all the gluten free people i hope you got some knowledge because i did but thank you so much oh one last question this has nothing to do with with, with, with what you do do you know can i tell you a secret absolutely i only found out how to pronounce your name yesterday when wendy said it <laughs> that's okay better late than never because your name you write is so different and it's Everybody no, knows different. me when we go to podcast conferences. Aliquity is the gluten-free girl. And like, yeah, people don't forget my name. They forget how to pronounce it. But when they hear it, they know who it is. Exactly. When I hear it, I know it. But anytime I talk to you to people and I'm like, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. Because I even shouted you out because um, my season came out on Wednesday, season six. And uh, on Tuesday, I was recording, and I was recording during my lunch hour, and I was saying, like, I'm recording this, but I'm trying to rush because my girl Ellie is about to present, and I want to catch that. Because so, when I was trying to say your name, I was like, mm, I'm just going to call her Ellie because of the first three words. And then when I came to the to the presentation, liquid, I had Wendy say your name, I was like, so that's how you pronounce it. And I literally... Write it in a book so that I can remember when I'm. <laughs> I tell people you can call me E for short. So some of my podcast friends just call me E. See, I'll be calling you E. I like E better. That's fine. Fuck, fuck Ellie. Why was I even calling Ellie? Like E, we're going to stick to E. Hey, E, what's up, E? All right, girl. Thank you so much. I love Thanks, you. Paula. Love you too. Hi, shit talkers. Welcome to Talk Show with Pete. And I am your spoiler, the shit talker. I mean, don't we all like talking shit anyways? <laughs> are you a creator? If so, you are in the right space. Talk Show with P is a place where we showcase and celebrate the talents, works, and stories of creative minds from all walks of life, while also raising awareness for mental health through providing a supportive space to share their stories, insights, and experiences. We will be discussing creative journeys, the high, lows, and the ways we manage our mental health through it all. Join us each week for inspiring conversations, useful resources, and a community of like-minded creators as we dive into the minds of creative beings to explore their journeys, struggles, and triumphs. So whether you're a seasonal creative or just starting out, Talk Show with is the podcast for you.